Hi, I'm Rail Bricker, and I'll be one of your hosts for the Business Excellence Podcast. Hi, and I'm Lindsay Adams. I'm the co-host. And together, we're going to be talking about what makes up business excellence. And we believe that you can never be perfect. All you can be is excellent. And in our businesses and in our lives, we want to achieve excellence. And that's why this is the Business Excellence Podcast. Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker and with me today is my guest, Justin Breen, who is the CEO of the PR firm Repic, Repic Communications, and author of a best-selling book called Epic Business. Good morning, Justin. Yeah, it's always nice to talk to uh, folks in Australia who are a day ahead. So it's cool. Tell me what the future's like. I was going to say, uh, you know, reading articles on you, Justin, you you refer to yourself as a futurist. But today you too. I can, I can generally <laughs> say that I'm a futurist because right. I'm ahead in time. That's correct. Justin, you've been on an interesting journey um, from the media to starting your business in 2017. Um, just run us through the period up to starting your business, just so the listeners get a view of, you know, your background, where where you come from, and then we can understand the future of where you're going. Sure, um, I'm 43 years old. I've been a journalist since I was uh, probably six months old. One of the first photos of me. There's those are my kids in the background. <laughs> they, uh, I was a six month old reading the Chicago Sun Times newspaper uh, on my mom's lap, and. Uh, now, this is all I've ever really wanted to do, uh, and I'm naturally curious. Uh, my father was uh, 61 when I was born, and he was a soldier in World War II, and uh, uh, fought in the Battle of the Hurricane Forest, and so that was one of the bloodiest battles uh, on record. And so during that process, he kept a diary, kept a diary of that, and uh, he was sleeping in a foxhole and and uh, getting, you know things shot at him and somehow kept that diary. So he died when I was 13. I found that diary. After he died, it's my most cherished possession. I don't really care about material things, but that thing I do. And uh, so I write exactly like he does. Write exactly. Same, different verbiage, different different verbiage, but I write exactly like he does. And so just a well, story I mean, that's inside a, me. That's a beautiful inspiration. I mean, and and, and I guess, yeah, language and, and modern use of language is probably different, but... Uh, yes, I don't use the word krauts and I don't use the word doughboys, which okay, were very okay. prominent. <laughs> but you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> so yeah. that was the language then. So. <laughs> but, okay, and so, so in 2017, you, you left the world of journalism and, and went out and started the business of Brepic Communications. You know, what... I, let me and and a lot of my my listeners are entrepreneurial and and you know in business having either started their own business bought a business what right. what made you start up i mean what what was your motivation for starting sure so uh started my business with zero business background didn't know what an llc was didn't know you had to pay your taxes four times a year in the us i I still don't know what an S-Corp stands for, so now I have a global company that only works with the top mind-sensitive brands in the world, so how did that happen, right? Okay, so how did that happen? Um, and uh, so I'll give you the quick timeline. Uh, February 10, 2017, I was working uh, full-time as a journalist, had my salary. 
uh, cut in half in a, during a five-minute meeting. It was nothing I'd done wrong. It's just journalism. So tried to find a full-time job. Couldn't find a job. Uh, over the, and then uh, April 16, 2017, I incorporated uh, without anyone knowing about it. So over the next six weeks, I reached out to 5,000 people to get my first five clients. So, you know, 4,995 no's for five yeses. Got my fifth client, I think it was June 1st, resigned June 2nd, and then June 5th, Robert Feeder, he's the top medium, media columnist in the Midwestern portion of the United States where I live, did a story that I started my own firm. So that's entrepreneur life. If you can't handle that, do not become an entrepreneur. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. But I mean, let me ask you the question. What, what did you reach out to those 5,000 people and how did you, you know, where was that <laughs> network from that you reached out to? Yeah, so as a journalist, I had tens of thousands of followers. Um, most were sources, but a lot of folks were like heads of nonprofits, smaller nonprofits, or people I had written about. So I was reaching out to them. And you know, when you start a business, it's a there's a there's a process that you go through. So first, it's get to get. So I reached out to five thousand people to get five clients. Then and then you it's get to give. You start to give more. You're still getting mostly, but you give then. And it's give to get, you're mostly just giving, then you get a little back, and then, then it gets to the point where I'm at now where you're just giving to give, but I only give to the right people, and, and the right people for me are people with visionary abundance and investment mindset. Those are the top thinkers in the world. But yeah, when you, when you start, you're do anything, do anything you can, do anything you can to, to get it going. I mean, you know, the, there was a, a an, an interview I was listening to previously, and um, it was actually with one of my subsequent podcast guests, and and they was she was talking about the fact that she had taken a year of planning to build the business. Now she was doing other stuff at the time, and it was just okay. a, a seed of an idea, and it had nothing to do with resigning from a job. It was a new business. She was already entrepreneurial, already doing her own thing. And the interviewer used an, an analogy with her and said. It's like looking out the window and seeing the sun shining and deciding people will buy ice creams and then realizing it's only four degrees at the time, <laughs> wondering why your business failed. Um, and he, he that, that interviewer actually had the same view as me, which is sometimes when you've got an idea and you, you've got the passion. I mean, one of the interviews, um, you, know, you know, former life of passion and drive was a quote Hmm. Um, that you used in another interview that I listened to, you know, how has that shaped, you know, what you do for people? And and let me ask the, the more pointed question. So let, let's start with that one. But the second part of that is th there is a level of cynicism around the world that everyone I talk to about what is the role of public relations or PR. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> and, and, and I guess it's a lack of understanding of the value proposition. So, so how does that translate? How do you translate that for your clients? Right. Okay. So, okay. So one passion, uh, all this, a lot of this, and you're doing this for your audience, which I appreciate, but mo this is landing the plane stuff. I'm just flying the plane and the people I work with, they're just flying the plane. There's no, this is not, these aren't questions that my clients ask me because they're just flying the plane. They know the value of what my company does. So in terms of passion, passion, but it, it here, here's what I've learned. So I started my company with zero business background. Now I have a very, very, very profitable, successful you know, company with clients around the world. I have a client in Coffs Harbor, Cape Town, whatever. It doesn't, doesn't matter. All verticals, it doesn't matter. So this is it. I'm a simplifier. 
total simplifier, 100% and I see patterns. So if you have the right mindset, it creates the right network, which leads to the right opportunities. Right mindset leads to the right network, which leads to the right opportunities. All this other stuff is meaningless. But if you have the right mindset, it creates the right network, which creates the right opportunities. So I just have the right mindset, and I only work with visionaries who look at things as investments, not costs, and have abundance mentality. Those people are all, there are two types of people. They're either running high six-figure to ten-figure businesses, they see their families whenever they want to, and they do what they like to do and what they're good at. Or they're going to be one of those people. They're not there yet, but they have that mindset. So it eliminates all cost scarcity mindset. It eliminates all overthinkers. It eliminates all of that. And so my clients know that being in news at the highest level will create validity and credibility for their brand. And since they have an investment mindset, not a cost, they invest heavily. There's no, there's no cost scarcity. They just invest. And uh, so that that mindset is maybe 0.1% of mindsets, but I don't care because those are the people that are creating the businesses and brands that are that are taking over the world and so then those are the pe those people just introduce me to other people like that so there's no there's no sales there's no funnels there's none of that i just create value for the top level of mindset people in the world and they create value for me byproduct is i have an insanely profitable company well let, let me let me explain what i meant about about pr because i think it makes it so oh i'll answer that too i'll answer yeah, that yeah so, so <laughs> the pr stuff in in a broad sense is and and, and the, the, I commented to you before we we started recording that the best people I've met in PR are the are the right. people who came out of a journalism background because right. you'll love my answer with this because I the, promise the, the best <laughs> the best public relations is being as you said in the top media um, you know having having nice great great press releases that don't get you anywhere <laughs> um, don't do anything so. Right. So, so, so that was what intrigued me about your story too. Was yeah. was your 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 singular focus on getting your clients into the top media? Right. So I created. I was a journalist for twenty years. Created my entire business model based on how PR firms annoyed me for twenty years. That's how I based my entire business model. And PR firms annoyed me for twenty years by sending me useless press releases hundreds of times a day from people I didn't know. So I created my entire business model based on being annoyed by that. And so, again, since I've started my company, I've talked to thousands of the top entrepreneurs in the world. And here's the simple, super simple. Again, it's, I see how interested you are in this because this, this is all it is. I just see patterns and I simplify everything. So here is the super simple formula for creating a successful global company. This is it. As you see a problem, you create solution to problem, problem solves successful global company. See a problem, create solution to problem, problem solves successful global company. That's all I did in PR. Saw a problem, created a solution, solved it, successful global company. And since my company solves the problem, it cuts through all the annoying, nonsensical PR press release garbage, which just annoys journalists. It works for any business size, any location, any vertical, because it solves the problem. That's, it's, that's it. It just solves the problem. I mean, how? Uh, okay, so in, in Australia, we have a limited number of, of networks, right? So effectively, we only have three public broadcast networks. Well, you know, four with a state network called, called Australian Broadcasting Corporation, but effectively three public networks where, where and, and there are some very successful um, companies who just focus on media placement. Mm -hmm. not, they don't call themselves PR. They right. all come out of journalism backgrounds and right. they purely focus on media placement, getting people to be experts in their field and sought after by the media. Yep. And that you know that seems to be obviously one of your 
your strengths and strategies is, is you know you've you've mentioned that before is, is is so if i was to say to you what is your superpower what is that yeah so i have uh, two superpowers where i'm essentially better at it than almost anyone on the planet that's connecting people on a global level and getting people in news at the highest level and i'm useless to society besides that so i stay a hundred percent of my zone of genius superpower a hundred percent of the day and uh so none of this has worked for me at all it's actually very easy and I would say that clients typically come to me from places around the world to get out of their country as media, to expand on a global level. And so, again, so I see things from a first-hand perspective because I wrote a best-selling book this year, and I've seen it from a client perspective because I've seen it from my perspective and client perspective, is that podcasts are actually replacing mainstream media in terms of relevance and importance, and there's three reasons why. Again, simplify your patterns. One, the host is usually an entrepreneur, not a journalist. So the host can ask questions. I mean, this you'll see what you'll, you'll be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. So the host is an entrepreneur, not a journalist. So they're going to ask questions that a journalist would never even think of. I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist as opposed to a journalist who's a journalist. There's a big difference. Two, you can do a deep dive on the subject. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. It's not a drive-by interview. Three, the most important, the audience there might be 20 listeners, doesn't matter. The 20 listeners are highly engaged listeners. And the, a, a normal person's not going to listen to two visionary wackadoos talk about changing the world, but high level entrepreneurs will. And so podcasts have essentially become a transactional and transformational platform for entrepreneurs. That's what it is. I mean, I, I mean I, I'm loving the podcasting because of exactly what you're saying, because we can have. That's what it is. Yeah. Deep Why are we talking right now? Why are we talking? Because you have a, an interesting story that I think is... You're in Western Australia. I'm 30 kilometers north of Chicago. There's no reason we should be talking yet. Here we are because of the podcast trans transformational transactional platform. That's yeah, what it I mean, is. I've, I've interviewed... This is, you know, I've interviewed people in seven countries so far and we're right. only 35 episodes. You so. will ha you'll have 40 by the, you know, a year from now. You'll have 40 or 50 at least. Yeah. So I mean, we we we're having fun conversation. I mean, I I am an entrepreneur. I'm a serial. I call myself a serial entrepreneur. Right. Having listed right. companies on two different stock exchanges, and um, and also, you know, I guess my first business was starting at the age of fifteen, but yep. also not. You know, yes, I did an MBA. Did an MBA prepare me for business? No, <laughs> it didn't. No, it didn't. And I'm the first to admit that. Yeah. But it taught me a little bit about a right. lot of different things in business. And when people ask me today, young people, I, I do a lot of, you know, speaking at schools and stuff and, 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 and counseling, you know, That's not, awesome. not, not for profit stuff, just, and, and they, kids ask me, you know, is an MBA a great degree to do? And I go, yes, but don't rely on it to teach you. Everything. No, rely on it, rely. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, so my kids are six and eight. My Eight-year-old started his first business when he was seven. My six-year-old wants to be a Navy SEAL. Uh, my wife's a pediatrician, so and I got a full academic scholarship to college. Um, I'm, so I'm fairly intelligent. So anyway, I don't care if my kids go to college. My wife, I'm sure, will want them to go to college. But if they do go to college, the only thing I care about, there's one, there's one thing. They must, must take business and or entrepreneurial classes taught by actual entrepreneurs who have actually lived this life and or are living the life currently while they're teaching this class. An adjunct professor, I'd much rather have them take 
classes with adjunct professors who are business owners as opposed to some guy who's been in ivory tower hasn't done anything with her his life you know just staying in school and that has doesn't know how the real world works so that's my only deal breaker for them going to college and 10 years from now who knows what higher education will even look like um but that that's it so mba great uh, my wife pediatrician need to go to school for that need to go to medical school but half of my clients can barely read i mean it doesn't matter like they're they're either dyslexic and they, but they it doesn't matter because it's their mindset it's their mindset and can you create that mindset? I mean, that's so you've yes. been talking about mindset. Yes. You know, the, the people you work with, your 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 top clients, you know, there's a there's the whole debate about are you born, you know, are you born an entrepreneur or are you married yes. an entrepreneur? No, 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 no. You are born an entrepreneur, but you can create a mindset. So, um, and I strongly feel that one because I've since I've been a journalist, I've interviewed tens of thousands of people, and since I've started this, I've interviewed just talked to thousands of the top entrepreneurs in the world, and Every day, Monday through Friday, I have five to ten conversations like this, whether they're whether they're on podcasts or just talking. And so, no, 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 you're most of the most of the world cannot be an entrepreneur because because they're just they're not wired like that. And thank God, by the way, because if everyone was an entrepreneur, nothing would get done. You need more integrators to to follow through on it. But you absolutely can learn this mindset. And apps, I mean, it's like. Um, I treat my brain like a muscle, like a workout muscle, like any like lifting weights. I I treat my brain like a muscle. So every day, I when I run six days a week outside, it gets it gets cold here. So I've done that for 20 years uh, outside, no matter the weather conditions. I listen to a motivational podcast or just listen to something cool. Listen to a great entrepreneur talk. Um, I read all sorts of books instead of watching TV. So you can train your muscle. And then if you're in the highest level entrepreneurial groups in the world, which I'm in three of them, when you're around people like that who all have this mindset, you all evolve together. So you can absolutely learn this, but born an entrepreneur, you're either born like this or you're not. Um, I didn't know I was an entrepreneur until I had my job salary cut in half, and then I realized I should have been doing this the whole time. But most people can't handle this life. That's why they have a job, because they can't handle this. Yeah, sorry, I just muted because my dogs were about to start running. <laughs> That's and awesome, man! Barking. You got, I got my kids. You got your dogs. Great. Yeah. Oh no, and, and my parents are not and, arriving. Oh yeah. <laughs> Entrepreneur life, man. Yeah. Entrepreneur yeah. life. And this is. <laughs> sorry about that. I mean, I I fully agree with you in terms of entrepreneurs. Every every entrepreneur that I that I've met that I've dealt with, I you know fully see myself as one. Has has had a passion, a burning passion, a desire. To do something, to ch and not necessarily always to change the world. No, you know, correct. Some of it, some of it has just been about creating a, 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 a making a difference, as you said, identifying a problem and making making a difference. I mean, let me let me ask you about teaching entrepreneurship because mm -hmm. I'm on the board of a private school here in in, in Perth, and okay. we were given a grant earlier this year from a private donor to start a an entrepreneurship program for our our year um our grade eights to grade 11s okay and so this is the first year we've run it we only launched in about april so our school year runs january to december so yep. we launched the program in in april and it's just finished off its first nine months and i was part of the shark tank um assessing their their pictures after the first eight weeks of the program so it was very interesting 
they were still raw. They were in grade nine. Yep. Um, and came up with some some fairly interesting ideas. What we did is we, the school funded them for another five hundred dollars or something. It was a tiny, you know, a tiny investment, but it was it was really seeding them to actually get to prototype stage. Hmm. Um, and and there was you know a panel of three entrepreneurs plus a an entrepreneurial teacher from one of the other schools who were this panel of shocks and you know we you know we kind of assessed them and probably half of them actually had ideas that made sense okay um and it was really pleasing to see as an entrepreneur that these kids were were really looking at societal problems you know some of them were quite deep and profound um in terms of a group of girls who um, a, a group of girls who wanted to create um, a way of of protecting their drinks when they go out so they couldn't be spiked. Okay. Now. Wow, that's a good idea. Yes, that was a, that was a great idea. That is, that is how my brain works, by the way. I hear blah blah, yeah. and I get bored very easily. But when something says a really good idea, it just goes. Poof. So there was. So when I was in venture capital 20 odd years ago, we were approached by a company who had a product similar to that. Um, and the product essentially, and because I'm recording this over video, I can sort of show you using my cup, was a like a coaster, a, a cardboard coaster mm -hmm. with food safe glue that wouldn't be dissolved by alcohol. So you wow. could buy a drink in a bar and stick this over it and then just make a small hole for a straw. Wow, which which is a very clever product. That was twenty years ago, and that product never really took off, unfortunately. Maybe but it was ahead of its time. It, it it was it was yeah, it wasn't its right time. But these young year nine girls, you know, grade nine girls, came up with this idea, and I thought, wow, that's actually they were actually looking at it on a different level, and their product was to have a straw that changed color in the presence of certain drugs of certain like rohypnol or something like genius. that. genius. Yeah. Very, very clever. idea. Oh Obviously, my God. That, that's a, that's a fantastic idea. And that's, that to me in, embodies the entrepreneurial spirit. Right. And so, um, so their vision, they're among the 3% of folks. Um, at, and, uh, I'm reading a good book, book called Rocket Fuel by Gino Wickman. Gino started Traction and EOS and all that. He's a great guy. Um, and yeah, he estimates 3% of the population is an entrepreneur. And then the people that I work with who think like me are maybe maybe 10% of that 3%, maybe. Um, the one of the groups I'm in is Strategic Coach, which is the top I'm very confident saying it's the top entrepreneurial thinking group in the world. There's a lot of folks from Australia, New Zealand, all over the world in that. But um, that program is for, it's designed for one out of every 400 entrepreneurs, not one out of 400 people, one out of 400 entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so that's, that's the type of people I'm talking about. But what that product, that, that qualifies, that qualifies, that hits that threshold. And if it's, if they're surrounded by the people who can make that happen, help them execute it, that's a that's a global that's a global product. Yeah, and I said, you know, that was the one product of the day that struck out and that was Right. That's all you need is what's my point. You yeah. just need the one. So right. So okay. So you and I are basically the same you you filter through all the garbage and then you find the one thing that 
So that's what my company is. It just filters through the garbage and finds the one thing. But that one thing becomes two things. The two becomes four. Four becomes a hundred. Hundred becomes a thousand. And then a thousand becomes, you know, whatever it is now, forty thousand of the one thing that is essentially a global incubator of changes. That's all it is, and it just grows every day. So I mean, it's a fascinating conversation. You and I can carry on talking for hours. I mean, you, you spoke right. about strategic about you know strategic coach abundance three sixteen and, and and EO. Right. So, so I was a member of YEO. Of course. Know, Twenty two years ago. Um, yep. When I where, so I had come out of listing my business in South Africa, being in venture capital for a few years. Yep. Came to Australia, joined YEO. Right. And then listed the VC fund on the stock exchange, and they the, the management team the the directors asked me to move to the east coast, and I said no, I'd rather stay in Perth, and that's how I ended up starting my next group of businesses in financial services. Right. Um, but at the time, um, you know, you, you had to send your financials through to EO every year, and I went, look, I don't, I've just started a new business that has zero right. turnover. Right. And so they were a little. You didn't scared. qualify, right? I didn't qualify anymore. <laughs> but it's interesting how that network. So how I joined the, the Facebook group was an old, old friend from my old syndicate said to me, "You should join this Facebook group." You were in it before, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and why so, are we talking? Because of that network. There you go. <laughs> so that's, that's what it's about. <laughs> I, I was struck by an article in Forbes speaking about you. And there's a line in that that actually is in the opening chapter of my book, hmm. and it, 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 it's well not not the same line, but the same idea, because you said that confidence is different to arrogance, or the article said you know you 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 talk right. about confidence being different to arrogance. In my book, I paraphrase it that says sometimes I mistake the difference between overconfidence and arrogance, um, and so you know what's your view, you know. Are the best entrepreneurs really arrogant? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. So, so are they like me? They mix up confidence, uh, overconfidence. You, and you can't be overconfident. You can't yeah. be. It's impossible to. So uh, arrogant people think they're great at everything. Okay. I'm. I'm a lawyer who's a lawyer thinks they're t great at everything. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a generalization, but a good one. But um, no, 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 no. I, no, 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 man. And that's a baited question. That was deliberate. But <laughs> that was a good one, though, because you can't be overconfident. You can't be. And so uh, I'm supremely con I could never be overconfident enough in the two superpowers that I have. And all that does is just attract other confident people. And the best entrepreneurs are the most confident people on the planet in their zone of genius. And then what they do is they, they either don't do anything that they're not good at or they don't like to do, or they hire to, to fill that, that weakness or they outsource it. That's, that's why they're great entrepreneurs because they know they're not good at almost everything. At almost everything they're not good at. And so arrogant people just do everything themselves because they think they're great at it. Okay, that's a that's an interesting approach because um, the more education I do, and I've been professional speaking, I'm a, I'm a, I'm right. a, a certified speaking professional, and right. and I and I do a lot of work in the the, the sort of I, I call it the SME space, but it's not really. It's where I add the most value as an entrepreneur is the sort of 
five to fifty million dollar business. Right, I saw that. They still, they still entrepreneur run. They still entrepreneur run. And they get stuff done. They don't. They don't yes. go through five layers of contracts to get a, a signature. Totally yes. get it, man. You shake hands, and that's how it's done. You know, right, and, and they just want to get it. They, they're high quick starts. Boom, boom. Let's move. Let's move. Like you, you just want to get stuff done. That's it. So right. it, it, this has been a fascinating chat, and I'd love to carry on our chat um, with my co-host uh, Lindsay Adams, and at some point in the future. Justin, the, the question is, you know, we've spoken about um, Brepic and Brepic Communications and, and Justin Breen. And how do our listeners get hold of you when, they, when, when, they are, when they'd like to chat to you about working with you and they understand that you, you, the way you work and the way you put people and entrepreneurs in front of the best media in the world? Thank you. Um, again, just as a reminder, because I'm very intentional with how I talk, because it's a magnet for only attracting the people I want to work with. I only work with people that look at things as investments, not costs. An automatic disqualifier of working with me is if you ask, what do you cost or charge within the first five or ten minutes, which I know you'll appreciate, but there's most people, that's how they think and that's what they say. So I do not want to work with anyone like that, and I don't want to work with anyone like that. So if someone has an investment visionary abundance mindset, uh, the best way of reaching out is I just passed 24,000 connections on LinkedIn and I use it as a commercial for other people. It's led to hundreds of thousands of dollars in American uh, U.S. dollar contracts and global connectivity. So reach out to me there. And, and the book is called Epic Business. It's wherever you can get a book. It is an international bestseller, number one. It was a number one in Australia when it launched in May. So thank Great. you very much. So LinkedIn, your best medium to, to get hold of you. I will yep. repeat that in the blurb on this podcast episode. Thank you, Justin, for being part of the Business Excellence Podcast. And we look forward to part two of the interview with Justin Breen. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Business Excellence Podcast.